One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. As Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, hello there. And he also said, Many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw, and welcome to Favorite Points of View. This show is a part of the Force Center podcast feed, and here on Force Center, we like to celebrate Star Wars. This is an episode. This is a show that is all about celebration, and here to celebrate with me is Ken Napsock. I love celebrating. I love cake. I love 
uh, drinking and I love celebrating <laughs> cake and drinking and Star Wars. And this is a great show to be. I love doing these, uh, hearing from the fans, Joseph. Love it. Yeah, yeah. That's so great that you just threw in a list of other things that you celebrate outside <laughs> of Star Wars. Cake, oh. drinking. I was expecting ponies to come next. That was great. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not great on ponies. I ride, I ride with a list. So (laughs) I like the idea of ponies. I like when they're in cartoons. I mean, real, I I have nothing against real life ponies. Anyway, you people know what I'm saying. I don't dislike ponies. That's the point of this episode. Uh, the point of this whole show, favorite points of view is we ask, uh, different, uh, listeners, what is their favorite of something in Star Wars? And I think by us all sharing, uh, you know, not what's best or what's number one, but what is something that really means a lot to us personally? You can kind of open those doors to conversation and see that there are so many different entry points to Star Wars based on, you know, your personal tastes, based on your age, based on your own just uh, life experience or, you know, personality that you were born with. There's so many different ways to love Star Wars, and that's what we want to celebrate on Favorite Points of View. Um this particular episode, because it is the general holiday season, is about favorite collectibles. Ken, are you surrounded by collectibles right now? I am. Yes. I'm, <laughs> I even got a new collectible just yesterday. So, Ooh. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, I, I love that artist. Nan Lawson does a lot of uh, pop culture art and um, just as a whimsy style, I like. And uh, there was a a limited edition uh, 11 by 14 Endor with uh, looks like wickets in the foreground kind of peeking out from a tree and way in the background is a, is an ATSD. And it just, that's all it is. And and then the trees and it's Endor and you got a little bit of bright tree village, but it's like, it's really weird. It's like wickets looking at the camera going, <laughs> we're about to destroy that. You like that? <laughs> it's really great. Is it called peaking wicket? It needs to be peaking wicked. I think that's just a firework. Um, yes, I should be. Should be. It does have a name. I forgot when I ordered it. Um, but yes, peaking wicked's going to be it. Peaking wicked, and you know, I think if you're going to call him peaking wicked, you definitely need the special edition Ewoks where wicked can blink. Right? Otherwise, that's just too much. Doesn't count. Too much peaking wicked. Uh, anyway, I was just uh, curious if you were uh, surrounded by any good new collectibles. And man, I'm glad I asked because we learned about peaking wicked. Yes. We're going to dive into our the favorite collectibles that some listeners sent. Ken and I will take a turns reading these and then we'll we'll have a little bit of our, our own reaction to the the idea or the bit of Star Wars or the actual collectible. With that, let's dive in. Our first favorite collectible is from Will Culbertson. Here's what Will has to say. I know many fans who consider Star Wars to be like a nice warm blanket that you can wrap yourself in as a means of escaping the real world and disappearing into, let's face it, the way more interesting and fantastical world that George came that came from the mind of George Lucas. Well, in that vein, my favorite collectible is my Darth Maul fleece throw blanket that I received as a gift from my grandma years ago when the prequels were still being released into theaters. Sure, I have other blankets that I can use to wrap it up in when it's cold, but none of them are particularly special to me. Darth Blanket, as I like to call it, is very much the exception. I have found many uses for Darth Blanket over the years. I had it draped over my favorite reading chair in my dorm room in college. I hung it like a tapestry in my very first apartment, and it is currently in use as my cat's favorite napping pad. And I think the reason I have always treated it differently than other blankets is because of the Star Wars iconography. The Star Wars mythology is extremely important to me and always has been. So when I choose to use Darth Blanket for a specific purpose, that purpose is also imbued with that sense of importance. 
I wanted to feel connected to Star Wars when I was reading in my favorite chair. I wanted to boldly announce to the world that my first apartment was a Star Wars apartment. And I want my cat to feel all the warmth and protection that Star Wars has to offer as he's napping. So as we all hunker down for the winter we know is coming, if anyone else has their own version of Darth Blanket, I hope you also choose to use it in a way that is special to you. That is our first collectible, Darth Blanket. What a great way to start. Again, what are your uh, emotional or intellectual uh, reactions to Darth Blanket? I mean, you know me, I, I, I'm not much of an intellectual, but I'll tell you what, I love Darth Blanket. He claps as he stares at the camera. This is great, Will. I, I feel this on a lot of levels, Joseph. I feel on something that you have and uh, you've received over the years and it's just, and it's Star Wars and it just connects with you. And, you, and, and the thing of you bring it everywhere, right? And I know you've experienced that too. And I'm, I'm sure you got stuff to say on that. And I'm looking around my office here. I don't think I have a s- specific example, but I, I, I definitely, uh, going from office to office too. From a from a security office to the screen junkies office to the collider writers room, I I've had little Star Wars trinkets I've brought all along the way, and it's exactly what Will's describing. You want to proclaim it in just you know a nice way, a subtle way, and a loving way. Like yeah, me you've met me, cool. Look at that. That's what I love, Star Wars, and I and I totally connect with Will bringing it with his own life <laughs> through the generations of his own life. Yeah, yeah, and I love how Will describes that he does make specific choices with Darth Blanket, but there's such a great um, a great contrast in the way that we ha- introduce Star Wars things to our lives. Like, we've talked a lot about in the podcast, we've got some uh, great uh, memories here today of when you buy something that's really special of like, I want this action figure in my office because it reminds me of this idea. And then there's that thing that Will's talking about that's just like, it's an everyday object. We pretty much all need blankets, uh, particularly on, on depending on where you live. And it's just that kind of everyday. Like, um, I have these two, we have a bunch of nice plates that my wife and I got uh, when, when we got married. And then one day we were at Target and they had these two just cheap plates for $3. One was a Captain America and one was just Darth Vader's face. And I was just like, oh, I want those. And my wife was like, you should have them. And now I have this Darth Vader plate <laughs> that like I could use any of this nice, uh, these nice plates that we have, or I could just, you know, put a piece of pie on Darth Vader's face again. And it's that kind of thing that where Star Wars is just around in the really just straightforward, normal parts of life, not like set up on a shelf to celebrate a specific idea, but just kind of mm-hmm. walking through life with you in this, you know, very uh, kind of less, less specific way, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, do you, did, uh, I, I kind of want a Darth Blanket figure now. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, and the, the other thing I'll, I would say about it that I react to for me and why I thought of my Darth Vader plate is there's something magic about the bad guys in Star Wars. Not like other bad guys don't get celebrated, but this memory from Will is just a collection of joy from reading to cats to the first apartment. And it's all yep. based around, I have an image of a demonic murder guy, Darth Maul. <laughs> but that's what makes me feel cozy and safe. There's always been a magic to the baddies in Star Wars that they they are still, we can, uh, you know, read them as, as the bad guys and talk about them. But they still kind of represent the warmth and the comfort and the fantasy of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've made the jokes of the Empire as the, the cooler toys, as did Cobra Maybe even the Decepticons. I don't know. All the bad guys of our youth, of our franchises and our youth. But yeah, there's 
it's just connecting. I love that feeling. You know, and I'm sure some people walked into Will's college dorm and were like, hey, Darth Maul. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's uh, let's eat some tacos. Let's play some N64. It'd be great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Let, great, great favorite point of view on your favorite collectible, Will. Uh, best to you and Darth Blanket. Uh, Ken, let's let's go on. Absolutely. This comes from longtime listener and supporter Mark Canope. Uh, Mark, we were even joking off air. We've joked about not being able, uh, being able to say your name for so long now, five years, that we even forget how to how you explain to say it. But Mark Canope is uh, uh, real active in our Discord community as well, one of our, I'd say, spiritual leaders over there. Uh, I love his uh, takes and his views and his perspective and someone who came to Star Wars in 2015 with The Force Awakens. And he writes this, My favorite toy is Rey and her speeder bike from Hasbro's Black Series. I collect the regular figures, but the ones that include the vehicles are extra special. I just love to display them. And this one in particular reminds me of when I truly fell in love with Star Wars. It was those early Jakku scenes during my first watch of The Force Awakens that sealed the deal for me. One of my favorite little details from The Rise of Skywalker is that you can see the crashed speeder bike on Jakku. It tells us that Rey will be part of the legacy forever. I love being reminded of that when I see this toy on my shelf. Here we go. 2015. This great set, Joseph. It's, it's the six-inch uh, scale speeder. I am staring at it right now. When you have to, <laughs> I'm surrounded by collectibles. I've I've got uh, Infus Nest, a speeder bike, and Ray on her speeder right above my head. And I'm with Mark on this, too. This is one of my favorites. I love displaying it. It means a lot. Um, I know you 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 are focused more sometimes on the three and three quarters, Joseph. But uh, every once in a while, you 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 branch out. Uh, so I don't I don't think you have this one, right? I do not have this one. Uh, I don't think I have picked up the uh, the three and three quarter one either. But you know what? I will maybe make a note on my which action figures do I want list. Uh, because I love that speeder. You know, I always love uh, Mark's perspective as somebody who came uh, to Star Wars, you know, in this, you know, latest rebirth of Star mm-hmm. Wars. Uh, Star Wars constantly being reborn. Um, and, and it's, and there, you know, we have other listeners as well, but it's always great to hear that perspective. I remember for me in that uh, very first teaser trailer that came out, you know, on Thanksgiving. Uh, I remember seeing that speeder and going, damn, that is Star Wars to me as, you know, an older fan who grew up with the original trilogy because it looked kind of like the original trilogy of like it was worn down and it kind of made this logical sense. But it was also incredibly weird and fantastic. And then, you know, from my perspective of being with Star Wars for a long time, I love that that's clearly a speeder that also looks nothing like you know, the speeder bikes from Endor or, you know, the swoop bikes from the expanded universe. Um, and just thinking that Star Wars, it, it has that sense of being really old, aesthetically cool, but also there's something new about it. So I always love the speeder. And I, I'm so on the same page with Mark about that detail in Rise of Skywalker. I love that her bike is crashed there. It, you know, the, the shot doesn't linger on it. The point of the mm-hmm. shot is the Star Destroyers going down everywhere in the galaxy, including over Jakku. But I just, it, that simple quick shot says so much that she grew up around these symbols, these legendary symbols of the past crashed into the sand. And now, you know, someday somebody's going to make a pilgrimage to Jakku because Jedi Master Ray Skywalker came from Jakku and somebody's going to find that and go, was this hers? Was she ever just a normal person who lived on a desert planet? And it's, I get all that from that one tiny shot. 
Uh, absolutely. It's all there. What a, I can't wait to the teaser trailer for episode 10 in 10 years. <laughs> we, the, the broken down, you know, uh, the sands of time have worn the speeder down, but someone's like, is this raise? It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well said. Yeah. Mark's perspective is, is, is valuable because, uh, well, he's younger than you and I, Joseph. He, it wasn't <laughs> like he's not part of this, like, I was seven and I saw Force Awakens, like, prequel babies, as we say, with respect, but also a little uh, uh, nudge there. But, like, he, he he was he was older. He was he was, he was was awake and conscious when he's like, let me investigate this Star Wars thing. <laughs> and this movie pulled him in, and I'm with him. The, the, the opening Jakku scenes, it's still some of my favorite stuff, some of uh, Daisy's best work. And this speeder, you, you, you said it all um, so well about what it meant to see it. It's one of the first vehicles out of the gate that we saw that's new. That's a lot of pressure on it. And 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 this wasn't even as cool as Luke's speeder, right? Luke seemed to have, he had a good car. He had a classic car. Like he had a 72 Mustang hanging around. <laughs> his like, and this is like, no, nah, you you had a, you had a you know, Fairmont like you and I had <laughs> grown up. I, I still love that you and I share the, our first cars for Fairmont. <laughs> That's a weird connection in life. It really this is. is. Like, like this is like that version. Uh, and for and, and but it, it was so Star Wars, and it and it just um, set the tone. And, and I love it. That's why I have the set. I have it displayed prominently, and it's gone now to uh, uh, three living ar- arrangements uh, as well. It's ma- it's made the transition, and it will always make the transition. It's it's so nice, and and uh, I love it. I love that Mark loves it too. That is so great. Well, now uh, I have to go get the three and three quarter one. I just, I have to now. That's yeah. that's the way this works. Just, it's just that. Oh, well, I have to buy one of everything that our listeners talk about. <laughs> I'm going to get my Darth Maul blanket, <laughs> my yeah, Ray Peter. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to our next uh, favorite collectible and see what else I need to talk myself into purchasing live on air. Uh, this yeah. one comes from Brian Tiller. Brian says, as I think about these questions, one important thing comes to mind. Why did I not keep the Star Wars toys I had as a kid? I was five when Star Wars came out, saw with my parents in the theater, and finally 11 when those murder bears yub-nubbed in joy after the second Death Star blew up. I love, stories, uh, I love Star Wars, and now after about a year of really diving in with you three, I love it even more. Oh, that, that's very kind, oh. Brian. Thank you. Okay, says Brian. My favorite toy as a youngling was the OG X-Wing, the one with the R2-D2 you pushed down to open the wings. My friends and I would come up with gameplay, rules of engagement, so to speak, using number systems of how far you can move your figure, ship, etc. across the yard to pew-pew each other, and I always thought how lucky I was to have an X-Wing. It's amazing how now, about 40 years later, how much impact a toy can have on you, uh, which brings me to today. I have an X-Wing ornament, which brings me such joy. It brings me to that space and feeling back when I was a kid. It puts everything into perspective that this wonderful world George created is for the kid at heart. Thank you, Star Wars. Ken, how do you react to that one? Oh, man, this is great. I, first of all, that I was so jealous of those who had that X-Wing, and, and, and I shouldn't have that in my heart. That's not the Jedi way, and... Uh, the story of my getting the Y wing, which was this wonderful ship, uh, and dropped it dropped a bomb. Okay, it dropped a bomb and had working landing gear and batteries, which meant you press the button and you had the the little uh, gun turret on the back makes a sound. I had a cool toy, but envy came into my heart every time I go to my friend's house and I'd see this uh, X wing and then and the push down thing. He's talking when you push R 2s head and the wings opened up. It just was like the height of technology to a seven-year-old. <laughs> so uh, I love it. But, but you know, the story I always tell over and over again, I get, but uh, just uh, me, you know, becoming um, just such a fan of the Y-Wing goes back to that 
that Christmas day, that Christmas morn. And I threw it away. I had to throw it away a, a year and a half ago when I moved. It just had, had fallen into, into such a sad shape. It just keeping it just, um, just serve no purpose other than to really remind me that time time goes and we all break away. <laughs> I had to, uh, so one day I'll get an, an OG Y Wing Kenner again and, uh, and maybe in box. But I, I'm with you, Brian. I'm with you on, on those memories and how even seeing an X Wing now takes you back to that, and that's part of it. And I don't, and I you know it's what we preach here at Star Wars at Force Center way about Star Wars. Um, letting that joy fuel you doesn't mean you don't. Your views of it doesn't grow and mature and change or shape, uh, you change shape, or, and you don't understand different things about Star Wars than you did before. But the the joy should still connect back to the 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 first moments, whatever age. Quite frankly, when you discover Star Wars, and Brian's speaking that right here, and I love it. Right. No, that's such a great point. Uh, you know, to go from Mark's thought about Ray's speeder in uh, 2015 to Brian's thought about the X Wing in 1977 of that. Star Wars is, you know, supposed to be fantastic, literally, right? Of you see something and your eyes just kind of widen and go like, what is this bizarre and beautiful and strange thing? And, you know, yeah. it, it makes me want to, you know, engage in in that feeling of sort of joy and speed and wonder. And I think just always using that as a Star Wars anchor, you know, when you get distracted by all the, you know, uh, discussion and, and sometimes uh, heated debate to have that anchor and just look at a part of Star Wars that just brings you joy is so great, regardless of when that came from. Yeah, I, uh, you are not alone, Ken, in your jealousy. I, I, I don't think I've mentioned this on Force Center, which is like, how, how have I not mentioned every thought I've ever had yet on Force Center? Um, we had some cousins uh, who lived on a like farm farm that we would go visit in outstate Minnesota uh, and I always wanted to go visit them because they had the OG X-Wing, which was like, you know, brighter and, and wider and the uh, in the original TIE fighter. And I was I was so envious and just I don't think I was allowed to play with them. I think uh, my cousin oh, Freddie oh. allowed me to watch as he played with them. <laughs> and even that was thrilling. Uh, and then I eventually got the battle damaged X-Wing, which was, you know, a little yeah. more gray and you could put the decal on it. Uh, and I love that because it was I wanted everything. I uh, got that with the Dagobah playset because I wanted everything to reenact all of all of Luke's emotional journey on, on Dagobah. So that was uh, mm -hmm. that was really, really great. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think it's it's so great to hear uh, about how everybody has their different points of joy with Star Wars. And I really love this detail that Brian shared about setting up the rules that that's so great that he, that he and his friends uh, basically managed to do like kind of some tabletop board gaming in their lawn yeah. <laughs> with their uh, their x-wing that's what i want to do today i want to get together with a bunch of friends with our broken down old toys and you know basically uh, yeah. set up rules of engagement uh, on our lawns when we can all get together again Hey, you know, that's probably where a lot of great games, RPG games have been created on, on the playgrounds and backyards of the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> In the uh, actual uh, physical and imaginary lawns of our minds, right? That's yeah. where the joy comes from. Uh, mm -hmm. Great perspective, uh, great collectible. Thanks, Brian. Ken, why don't you take the next one? Yeah, Laura Martin. Check it in. And uh, she writes, I'm not sure if this counts as a collectible. But my favorite Star Wars-related item that I have is the Medal of Yavin lanyard. I got it Celebration Orlando in 2017. When I ordered my tickets, I decided to also get the lanyards on a whim, not knowing what they were going to be. Imagine my complete and utter delight when I saw them. 
a childhood dream was realized. It's currently displayed in my home office and I'm looking at it as I type this out. But the reason why I love this lanyard so much is because of the memories associated with it. It reminds me of a fantastic trip I had with my best friend and brother. I've spoken on here before about how Star Wars drew me closer to my brothers, especially my youngest brother, who was also a Force Center patron. Hello, younger brother. From Celebration 2017, he flew in from out of state. I left my kids at home with my husband and my brother, and, I, and my brother and I spent the weekend having an amazing time together at Celebration. Just two siblings hanging out, surrounded by a fandom they love. It was a golden weekend made even better because we usually didn't get a lot of one-on-one time together whenever we visited. And also he didn't want to spring for lanyards and I talked him into it. So I get to say, I told you so for the rest of my life. That's great, Laura. First of all, that's a collectible. A hundred percent. That's a collectible. Absolutely. Uh, Joseph, what do you feel about this? The celebration memories, the warmth and collecting uh, passes as, as memorabilia. Yeah, I mean, I I would have loved this story uh, regardless because it's got uh, so many great uh, ideas about how how the, our relationships in specific times and places add so much more to the actual uh, collectible or, or Star Wars object. But I love that it's Medal of Yavin, uh, that yeah. a, a thing that is from Star Wars is not only tied up into uh, pure celebration, the, the joy of a new hope of Luke and Han made these difficult, uh, hard decisions. And Leia is in this position of power and she awards them so that they've got all this joy attached to them. But then also because of just this long standing joke, uh, in the storytelling about Chewie, not getting one and that going all the way to rise of Skywalker with Chewie showing off his metal <laughs> to three yeah. PO and R2 metal of Yavin has kind of got this special place in, I think the hearts of lots of star Wars fans as, a, a thing to be desired because like Chewie, you're like, I want one. Right. <laughs> so I think it's extra great that Laura's story is about like, you know, if her brother had not agreed to getting one, he would have ended up the Chewie of the situation, but instead they both got one. He avoided being Chewie, which is uh, not a bad thing. No, it's a good I, thing to be Chewbacca. Yeah, let, yeah. let me be very clear on that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Then the reason I love this is uh, not just, you know, I am one. I, I, it's about three feet out of my reach here to, to make it effective on an audio podcast. But I have a drawer with all of my passes from all the cons and stuff I've, I've uh, gone to. And I know I'm not alone in doing that. And what's the reason why? There's no reason other than to take a step towards hoarding. Um, but it's it's emotional. Um, and I just started doing it on a whim. And I same, uh, I remember Alicia Malone and I used to talk in the Schmoes day. She's like, oh, guy, every film festival, every I, I just keep them. And I display them. And after a while, it just becomes for you. It's something for you to look at and go, oh, yeah, that was 2014. That's when I did this. Or, hey, that's Wizard World Las Vegas where Joseph and I drank at that hotel bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, we, and we went downtown and all stuff. Like, all that stuff. But it's something special about Star Wars. And, Laura, you're so, you're so right to describe uh, the true... The true meaning of, of Star Wars Celebration during this holiday season. And why why we missed it. It isn't the reveals and the big panels. That's definitely part of it. And that definitely makes it fun. But it is those little moments in a hotel bar uh, laughing, celebrating what you saw. Looking back on um, uh, often like or, Orlando. Some of my, what I remember a lot about Orlando was a busy, crazy time. But it was just the little moments of walking back to the hotel with, David Griffin from Collider and just talking about Star Wars and, and, and a long walk on a, on a muggy, humid Orlando day. Like those are the memories. 
And that's, I think, what Laura's talking about here more than anything. And that's why we missed Celebration this year for good reason. It'll be back. And what a great time that's going to be. Yeah, great thoughts, Ken. Uh, building on Laura's great thoughts. I keep all of my passes from all the conventions of the years. There's badges. There's there are getting to be so many. My drawer, uh, but in my desk is literally overflowing. And I I love the celebration ones. You know, especially the ones that just say adult. You know, it's a picture of a character, <laughs> and then other you know underneath. You know, the first celebration I went to in Anaheim, I just went for one day. So I think I, I, I might be misremembering. I think it's a picture of Luke and then it says Friday adult. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like that's like some weird, like uh, interpretation of what the character's name is like, no, it's, it's character's name is not Friday adult. It's, it's Luke Skywalker. Come on. Um, yeah. And then the other thing of just like, yeah, I, I have always wanted to find Star Wars collectibles. Action figures are my big thing. I've always wanted to find them. Uh, out in the world so I can have that memory. And, you know, that's getting a lot a lot more difficult, even without uh, the pandemic, just because yeah. they, they can be harder to find. So, you know, I, I've been getting more online and trying to find a way to make it special because to me, the object is often just I- imbued with the when and how. Like, uh, you know, when we went to Celebration Chicago this last time, we, we saw the great... Uh, panel with the reveal that Ian McDermott was back as Palpatine in Rise of Skywalker. We found out the title Rise of Skywalker. And then I had like an hour before the trivia contest, the Schmodown. And I was just like, what I have to do is go to the floor and buy a Palpatine action figure I've always looked at. And, you know, I got the uh, Revenge of the Sith pretty straightforward. Here's Emperor Palpatine. Um, here's Darth Sidious. Uh, and it's a good action figure. It's a solid action figure. It's one I've always wanted. But it means so much more to me because of exactly when and why I bought it than if I had just bought it off the Internet. Absolutely. Yeah. And some, you know, that was a great, amazing celebration. Amazing. Five days, an extra day because we all got stranded. Um, <laughs> and that Thanks, extra day. Storms, yeah. Yeah. The extra day proved to be one of my favorite days on the floor. But uh, just, yeah, you, me, Brian Ward walking around, uh, the three of us taking turns being, oh, my God, that thing. Oh, look at this. <laughs> That's the stuff. And uh, yeah. And, and as far as, uh, you know, I'll say, you know, we've been fortunate in the last couple of years and, and I know you've been dra- doing Dragon Con for, for a very long time. And, you know, you get to attend these in some sort of professional capacity or press capacity. That's great. Um, but all that goes out the window, man, once you're there, you, you, you're just you're just a kid in a, a candy shop full of Kenner. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's what I remember when I look at that stuff. And, and I don't, and I'll, often I'll tell you, it, 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 I'll say it, Laura, I, I don't have what you're talking. I don't have that metal, a metal of Yavin one. And, and it wasn't, it's not an option um, if, if you're covering this, the, the panel. So I, I would cherish that even extra if I were you, that's something not everyone got to get a hold of. And, and that means that uh, that means a lot. So good stuff there, Laura. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Laura, and congrats to you and your brother and your medals of Yavin. We are going to take a quick break, and then we will be right back with a few more favorite collectibles. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138.
we are back with more favorite points of view. Uh, the points of view we're discussing this week is some different collectibles from different listeners. Their favorite Star Wars collectibles. So we've got just a few more, so let's dive in. This one comes from Autumn Sheely. Autumn says, Hello, Force Center. One of my favorite grails is the Force Unleashed Felution Battle Rancor, with Felution Rider and Saddle included. I am a child of the prequels, and even though I grew up in a house that watched the original trilogy, I did not get the full movie-going excitement until The Phantom Menace. Even then, Darth Vader was never my go-to bad guy. I always felt bad for him and never understood him. He did terrible things, but I think it can be argued that he was never a terrible person. The truth is that I didn't understand why Vader, being the most powerful Jedi in the world, could not just walk away. That is until the Force Unleashed came along and showed how all that fear and desperation had turned him vicious. We really got to see that Sith-like greed and domination. I played those games relentlessly, and the greatest level was Felucia with Shakti, Maris Brood, and the Rancors. I had never seen Rancors anywhere else other than Jabba's Pit, so when they made this Target-exclusive figure, I had to have it. It is the most beautiful figure, too with strips of purple and the Felucian warrior that can ride him into battle. The Rancor is easily the most badass pet in the galaxy. I mean, come on. Can you imagine the beware Rancor inside sign on your front door or the I love my Rancor bumper sticker? The Force Unleashed games helped me understand many important ideas in Star Wars. The backbiting ladder climbing that took place in the ranks of the Empire and Vader's true evil self. It did then what Rogue One did years later. I started to understand how the dark side can turn and change all elements of life that it comes in contact with. Maris Brood literally used the dark side to sway the ecosystem on Felucia to create warriors for her. Black Series recently released a, a line of gaming greats figures, and the Force Unleashed was very well represented. So it is good to know that someone is still paying attention to the Force Unleashed and is still inspired. What do you think about that one, Ken? Uh, how, do you relate to uh, having a Felucian battle rancor? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, no, because I'm still <laughs> terrified of rancors going back to being seven. And, um, you know, just that sequence scaring the hell out of me. So there's a little uh, talk about going back to the joy of your youth. I still go back to the fears of my youth. But I love, I do love rancors. And I love that. One particular level, I, I think Autumn's describing when you, you kind of like turn a corner and you're like, there's like three rank, rank horse running around here. What? <laughs> oh, one scary enough. Uh, and I do love the first Force Unleashed game. And, I, and it's not a knock in the second one. I know it got, got knocked and it was a little rushed and there's some story behind it. I, I did enjoy that as well. But the first one is, it's just really good and really fun and has some great characters. Rom, uh, Rom Kata is another character. I think I'm saying that right. I love, I do love Maris Brood. I, 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 I you know, I, I don't know where she'd fit in. To modern canon and where it would work, but uh, there's something about Maris I've always uh, always, always liked and, and seen Shock T and and, and and it worked and, and you know Star Killer uh, Sam Whitwork a great character. There's so much in that game to love uh, to learn from, and it's it was one of those things that's too in a different era. It's sandwiched between coming out of the prequels before the Disney modern canon era, so it was the story for a lot of people, and that's powerful, and that's gonna inspire you and 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 pull you into star wars even more and if you're part of that uh, if that game did that to you uh, that, that doesn't go away ever and you can still replay the game i've considered replaying the game a few times recently i think i have the ability i forget now with all these consoles i i, I don't have a five yet so we'll see uh, <laughs> um 
And I love it. Yeah, so I love it. All that stuff there. And and I love that a lot of those games with the figures and everything, that they can still get recognized. Yeah, yeah. No, this is a, a great point of view, Autumn. Uh, I didn't play Force Unleashed. I was going to buy it. It was a time where I was struggling to find more time for video games. And uh, I think uh, I had a Wii at the time, and all the reviews uh, that I read were like, eh, it's a little janky on the Wii. And I was like, so I, I've done the like uh, read the the wikis about it. So I feel uh, basically caught up, but I haven't had this visceral experience, which I really want to make time to go and play it because I know it means uh, a lot to people. This is such a great reminder from Autumn that, you know, we try to always keep in mind that everybody has different entry points to Star Wars. And sometimes it's easy to boil that down to a little bit generational. Um, mm-hmm. But there, we always get these great reminders from listeners that it's not, you know, just original trilogy, uh, prequels, Clone Wars. It is uh, that there's the expanded universe that the people who got in through the books, there's the people who got in through a specific video games, people who got hooked because of a specific novelization. And that's what, you know, unlocked a big idea in star Wars the way autumn is describing and kind of opened up the movies to them because of their love of this other thing, a video game or a book, you know, uh, or, you know, I don't know, a, a, read read the story listen to it on an album <laughs> generation <laughs> there's so many different ways to come into star wars and so many different things to love and i think there's the other thing about autumn's uh, uh favorite collectible here that really speaks to me is even now uh, but particularly at different times where you know star wars is it's still popular and everything but you know force unleashed was you know in the in this window of like yeah, it's it's not dominating the general cultural conversation. You know, uh, it, Revenge of the Sith came out and Lucas was like, I did it. I've completed Star Wars. Uh, and obviously, moving forward with the Clone Wars and all that, but it's, it, and it's there if you're a Star Wars fan. It's on the shelves at Target, but it's not this big cultural conversation. So even though Star Wars is one of the most popular things that has ever existed uh, in our world, there can still be these little pockets of it where you feel like the thing I like is really obscure. And even though I'm a fan of one of the most popular things ever, this little part of it that I love, I'm not seeing it being celebrated. And that's what I, I see uh, kind of glowing out of Autumn's uh, favorite collectible of that power of saying, I really love this video game. I really want to see it celebrated. I really love this particular beast that's celebrated in this particular video game. And it just kind of it takes your fandom to another level to see it just in all of its molded plastic glory, you know, molded plastic glory. That's a, that's a, we need that on a shirt. <laughs> it is something I think about all the time. You know, we've talked about it plenty about how, you know, the, the idea seems even more tangible when it's a, when it's an actual action figure. Uh, somebody tweeted us that uh, somebody has made a 3d printer, uh, uh, whatever those are called, a recipe, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, instruction, uh, 3D printer instruction, so you can print yourself a little Lulilo Primark. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so thanks for whoever tweeted that to us, because, yeah, I someday I need that two-pack of Lulilo Primark and a Rodia Ventafoli singing together on uh, on uh, the the old ship there, uh, Dryden Voss's ship, uh, First Light. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Great thoughts, Autumn. Any anything else for you, Ken? No, uh, no, absolutely, uh, uh, absolutely great stuff. And yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I think for you, I, I'd be curious your uh, your interaction with Force Unleashed. Other than it, it is a great game, it's entertaining, and 
and it obviously tells a different story that's not canon anymore in terms of rebellions and all those kind of things. But uh, yeah, it's 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 got some good stuff, man. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe one day when we have the time, you know, because we have time. <laughs> Joseph plays Force Unleashed ten years after. Or whatever. Oh man, that would be great. I get we'll have to assign ourselves some things like that. Uh, just so, like, sorry, we have to. This is our assignment for the week. Anyway, yeah, I'm very very curious uh, to dive in all these years later. Uh, but for now, thank you very much, Autumn. Let's move on to our next collectible, Ken. Yeah, this is from Douglas Dubois. I'm probably saying that wrong. Uh, D-U-B-O-I-S. What is that? Is that French Cajun? Is that, am I totally messing that up? Dubois? Dubois? I like, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Douglas, you're a part of the Force Center team now. Joseph and Ken struggle to say your name. Uh, just ask Mark Canope. It goes for a while. Uh, Douglas writes this. I have only just joined the Patreon community. Well, welcome. And I'm immediately asked the hardest question. Ha ha. I will probably change my mind five minutes from now, but I'll say it's my chewy, stubby cooler. It was a gift <laughs> to my wife and kids, which is nice. Uh, also because I love Chewy. He's a loyal friend and he's handy in a pickle and handy with a pickle. But the real kick, I, I added that, folks, not Douglas. But the real kicker is because I associate it with sitting in the sun and joining beer with my great pal Chewy uh, while my great pal Chewy keeps my beer cool and shares a moment with me, just like I mentioned, the big guy would if he was really my best friend forever. Oh, God, this is great. <laughs> because what's, what I love the moment in Solo where Chewy's just double-fisting drinks. <laughs> I love that movie. I think he's got a high tolerance, right? Yeah. He said, let's let's drink too. Great. Uh as just and and I think that's an underrated, you know, thing about Chewbacca. Uh, everyone knows he's he's his loyal and a friend and great co-pilot and all the things Douglas is saying, but I you know, the reality is he and Han spent years together, decades, and they probably had a, they probably days they annoyed each other. Clearly, Chewie's got some issues with him. Uh, you know, that pops up every now and then. But there's also Probably a lot of moments where they just sat with their feet up on the uh, the dashboard <laughs> drinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is just like they clearly have this relationship where they go through just the actual ups and downs of life together, right? They drink at bars together. You know, Chewie has to sit there, you know, while Han's probably like flirting or getting in a fight and going, oh, you know, Chewie's probably been sitting in the Millennium Falcon when uh, Han's had uh, too many and is throwing up in the vac tube. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> just just dealing it with it, just being there for his buddy, all those things. Uh, yeah, this this kind of goes back to me to like the the Darth blanket thing of those objects that aren't like this collectible you put on a shelf, but are just something that like I need a blanket. Uh, I I need a stubby cooler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I this is a practical thing I will have anyway. Why don't I introduce some Star Wars into it? Uh, and I, I the thing that I I have right now like that is. One of the last times, well, the last time I went to Dragon Con, um, going through all of the uh, the merch area, I, I wanted to buy something kind of unique. And I found this great artist who had all of these coasters that he'd put different pop culture symbols on and then kind of co- covered in this kind of cool, great energy to the uh, to the colors way. And I picked up a, 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 a one uh, for you and one for my wife. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, and then I got one for myself, and it's my, you know, uh, Jedi symbol coaster. Yeah. And uh, it's just, I ha- I always have a coaster. Uh, I've taken lots of pictures, put them on the old internet, on Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. Um, but there's something about, like, just 
if I've had a, a long day and my wife kindly makes me a martini and I put it down on my Jedi coaster, <laughs> it's like, this is the, uh, this is the cocktail of the Jedi. I should drink it slowly and responsibly and take some deep breaths and just think about life, you know? <laughs> I love that. And, and yeah, that's, um, you picked up the, the it's the biker scout one I have, right? Yeah. That's, that's the one. Yeah. So that's in use every single day for me when I usually, I usually end every day, um, I have about an hour, um, you know, to wind down and it's a uh, fire up MLB, the show, uh, manage my fake baseball franchise and <laughs> I just put a nice drink down on that coaster. So I, I literally use it every day. So number one, thank you too. It, uh, yeah, it's just, it's comforting. Uh, it, we are of a certain sort, uh, you, me, and uh, many listening here, there's just great comfort in looking down and whatever utensil or, uh, coaster blanket, if it's star Wars, we just feel, ah. Uh, we're home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is this very relatable one uh, for us. Uh, thank you for sending it in, Douglas. That's just a beautiful picture to imagine you kicking back uh, with Chewy to enjoy some some sunshine and some relaxation and a beer. Uh, we're going to move on then to our final collectible for this episode. This comes from Omega Law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you got uh, some of the names that uh, maybe some questions about pronunciation, which uh, we always yeah. uh, struggle with and, uh, and apologize for. But Omegala, that's a that's a fun one to say. Here's what Omegala has to say: My favorite toy is uh, my 1995 Power of the Force Two Tie Fighter. This toy is important to me because of how I received it. One night after returning from the only business trip I remember my father ever taking, he snuck into my room. At the head of the bed, he placed the large box. I don't think he knew that I had woken up when he left the room. I remember being really excited and going down to the living room to open and play with my gift. At first, I just marveled at the ship and whooshed it around, empty. But after a while, I felt compelled to give it a pilot. The only other Star Wars figure I owned at the time was Han Solo, so he became my pilot. I made up a story about how he had stolen the TIE fighter and knew how to fly it because he used to work for the Empire. Little did I know then. (laughs) I remember running the ship from one end of the room to the other and exploding the wings off. After a while, I felt that had run its course and I was tired. I needed to move on to something new. I thought and thought, but I couldn't come up with anything. Feeling a desire to not disrespect my new gift, I began running and whooshing and exploding again. I remember going to bed sometime uh, much later, and when I woke up again, my mother chastised me for making so much noise and keeping my father up after his long trip home. I think the fact that no one came down to usher me to bed says a lot, though. In every room, as long as I have had uh, display shelves, my TIE fighter has been prominently displayed. Two years later, I even picked up the TIE pilot who relieved the stormtrooper who had stolen the ship back from Han Solo earlier that year. (laughs) Considering my father passed away more than 15 years ago, this TIE fighter and that memory hold a special place in my heart. That is great, Omegala, from so many different uh, mm. perspectives, so many different reasons. Ken, what speaks to you in uh, Omegala's favorite collectible? I mean, there, there's a lot in here, and there's some sweet stuff, Omegala. I love uh, love the connection, love the family connection, and and um, what it represents for you about the memory and legacy of your father. That's, that's, that's such great stuff. Um, that said, I, I'm going to a weird spot. I remember getting in trouble for making Star Wars sounds as well. <laughs> uh, quick story, I used to, every Thanksgiving, we'd go to my great aunt and uncle's cabin where they live full time up in a place called Green Valley Lake, which is in the San Bernardino Mountains here in Southern California. 
And it was a tradition. And my great aunt and uncle, my great uncle has passed away. My great aunt's still alive. Um, sweetest, some of the just sweetest, nicest people. I mean, they're just, you know, favorite relative status, sweethearts. Um, a lot of people in the community loved them. They did a lot of work all around the world um, helping others, right? So they're sweet. That's my point. <laughs> I was sitting there. She, my great aunt was talking to my mom in the kitchen and I was on a bar stool um, and I was um, pretending I was piloting a, a, an ATST. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, because we're in the forest, trees. I thought it was an indoor. I was like eight or nine. And I'm like, <laughs> making all the sounds you make. All the sounds you make. And my great aunt finally just turns around and goes, Kenny, I need you to be quiet. <laughs> and I just, I just, the shock of a, of, of a nice, sweet relative that you've never been in trouble from. But me just wanting to play Star Wars. So I, you know, Omega Law, your whooshes and your pew pews. Um, and it being loud, I, I connect with that part of the story more than anything. Yeah. You, you, you gotta whoosh, you gotta make some explosion noises. Uh, when I was a kid, I had no idea it was the Wilhelm scream that I liked, but I think, you know, when I was playing with my action figures and Luke force pushed a stormtrooper, I'd be in the bedroom going, wow. <laughs> and I, uh, I had some discussions, uh, some discussions were brought to me on the subject of, uh, my Wilhelm scream. Nobody knew that it was a Wilhelm scream at the time, but I used to Wilhelm scream in the bedroom. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, this is uh, so great. Uh, you know, we talked about it a lot earlier this episode about the actual object itself is a, is a symbol of what you love about Star Wars, but it's so often a, a connection of specific memories, uh, specific relationships. And boy, does a, a Megala really draw all those ideas home in such a, a relatable and fun and sweet way. Uh, it's also just, it really is great to hear all these different perspectives from different ages, um, mm. you know, and, and get to really try to viscerally understand other people's uh, perspective. And then, you know, relate them back to our own too of, you know, I was uh, older when the 1995 Power of the Force 2 TIE Fighter came out, but I loved it so much because I never had a TIE Fighter mm, back right. in the Kenner days. And I, I bought it. I bought a TIE fighter pilot to go with it. I don't think I had a Kenner TIE fighter pilot either. So it was, you know, right. for me in the power of the force journey was like, <laughs> I can, it, it doesn't ruin my childhood. It was like, I can fix my childhood. <laughs> uh, so, and I was <laughs> so happy to have it that then it came up that I was doing a star Wars sketch with my sketch comedy improv group. And I came up with this idea of, for, you know, wanting you know, an adult to be playing with a TIE fighter and for it to, to whoosh through something. And the other people in the group were like, well, you have a TIE fighter, right? And it's like, yeah. And I was like, but, but we can't use mine. <laughs> and I went to Target and bought, you know, the prop 1995 Power of the Force 2 TIE fighter to pop the wings off on stage. Cause like, I'm not risking mine. I love that. As uh, Bobby Moynihan and SNL would tell the story about that, that, that sketch they did with the, uh, the parody commercial most of those were his toys. <laughs> he was really worried. He was really worried about that. Um, that's great. Why, Joseph? Why is this? We have this. We've talked. I talked about having the the classic Kenner Hahn that I didn't have as a kid, and I got it at a convention. Um, and and it, I I feel like Laura Santeca. This will begin to make things right. <laughs> why is right. that? Why is that? It is truly feeling like I'm correcting a mistake of my. Yeah. It really did when those power, that's, that's so how I related to that power of the force line and still a little bit today uh, mm -hmm. to, to figures like they never made that or I never had that or all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it really is that, you know, Star Wars 
to me, it's not for everybody, uh, but Star Wars for me, so much of my Star Wars anchor is is relating to Luke. He, and he's staring out at the twin sons, you know, dreaming and hoping and wondering. And, you know, my relationship to the, a lot of the toys was the that either doesn't exist or you can't afford that or you know, this was the the one week this month where you could buy one and it right. buy an action figure and it was sold out. And it was all this kind of staring into the horizon, dream deferred of like almost, <laughs> but it got away, you know, and, and then growing up and, and, you know, going through puberty and all those challenges and still having Star Wars in my heart and, and thinking like, man, I really, I still have that childlike love and I, I wish I could you know, uh, experience that again. And, and it was, it, when those Power of the Force figures came out, it really was like the universe had heard all those kind of uh, mm. idle dreams of the child who still lived inside me of like, what if they just made them again and made more? And then like they did. It's like, uh, this sounds bitter. I don't mean it this way. It's like one of those times where like you hope for something in the world and the world's like, yeah, sure, that'd be great. Like, <laughs> here it is. That thing you hope for, here it is. Here it is. The figure you always want. Yeah. That's so weird. Well, the fact that, you know, Tarkin is this shared shared joke. No, it's or not even joke, shared knowledge that they didn't make one, right? In the Kenner line. That's you just grew up. They didn't make a Tarkin. So to to release uh, some versions of Tarkin in the Power of the Force, but also this the one that came out with the board game a few years ago. It's like you hold it in your hands and you're like, finally. But like to what? <laughs> like why? Justice. It, yeah, justice for Tarkin, the evil overlord who tried to blow up planets and did. Uh, <laughs> So now he is here. He is in crude retro plastic form, exclusively with a board game. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, that's so many great memories. And this is why we love doing this because not only do we learn, uh, it, it's always helpful for me to hear about people who entered Star Wars from, in different places and care about Star Wars in different ways uh, because it, it helps me open my mind and think about those perspectives. But it also, you know, helps me uh, appreciate the experiences that I've had as well. So thank you, everyone, for sharing your favorite points of view on collectibles. We'll put a call out for some more favorite points of view as we get into the new year and share some more of them. Uh, thank you all so much uh, for the inspiration. Ken, where can uh, people find you on all your other adventures? And, yeah, then maybe I'll post my dreams of the figures I never got. Uh, you can go to <laughs> at Cadnapsock or go to Cadnapsock.com for all the information, all the things I uh, do and got coming up. Excellent. And you can find me on all the social medias at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my other podcast, Obsessed, comedy albums, and future shows all on josephscrimshaw.com. I'm doing an online New Year's Eve show on New Year's Eve, 7.30 Pacific time, uh, with my friends, the great uh, music comedy duo, The Double Clicks, and some other great guests. So if you're interested in that, that's right on the front page of josephscrimshaw.com. You can, of course, like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter as at Force Center Pod and buy our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Force Center. More fun stuff coming there. It, but for now, thank you for listening. And as Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, another happy land.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.